All right, on to Texas. You know, uh, Charlie Strong's taking over for Mac, and they're a little bit of a team in transition. Um, they came up against two, they scheduled two tough opponents early in the year, two non-conference opponents in, in both BYU and UCLA, and you know, ended up losing two, two tough games there. It all starts with their defense. They're, they're stout on defense. There isn't really a glaring weakness I could talk about. You know, the 11 guys, and I could talk about several of the backups, too. <clears throat> They're 18th in turnover, six in sacks. But, you know, they have just some dynamic players. You know, Jordan Hicks has been around there for a long time, been injured, you know, off, off and on a lot in his career. But he's healthy and, you know, making multiple tackles at will linebacker. You know, I could talk about Diggs on the other side right there, but I just figured I'd just accent a couple of people. Malcolm Brown, I think, is one of the best players that that I've seen. Period. Um, he's big. He's he's aggressive. He's nasty. He moves well. Um, makes several tackles for loss. Um, he's every bit of, th of three and a quarter, and probably runs four seven. He'll be a high draft choice, and he's a very, very disruptive player. You know, Cedric Reed's been around for a while. You know, he's where Malcolm Brown is the dynamic inside player. That's what Cedric does on the outside at defensive end. Um, I think they're very, very good on defense. They play both four down and three down. They're probably in four down defenses about 80% of the time. And, and in an odd defense about 20% of the time. So you have to get ready for both of those. They mix it up. You know, they pressure a lot, probably half the time. They, pre they pressure. Um, they, like, they like to play man coverage a lot, play post safety. You know, you'll probably see that, you know, 90% of the time. They're physical and they're fast. On offense, their, their, their biggest issue is a line, offensive line going through transition. You know, they've had multiple guys suspended or dismissed from the team or just transfer and no longer be there. Um, it's a totally different line than, you know, than we've seen from Texas the last couple of years. And I think they're just you know, trying to get settled in at that position. I feel their pain. Um, Swoops has taken over for Ash. First of all, Ash was a really good player, and I'm glad he made the decision to stop playing, not because we're playing, because concussions, you know, or you know, something that could affect your life even more down the road. So Swoops was in. He's very, very big. They list him at 6'4", 243. On tape, he looks bigger than that. You know, when I look at him, he just looks bigger than that. You know, I'll wait till I see him in person. But you know, he's he's a big man. Has a very, very strong arm, and he's mobile. Now the two running backs, it really doesn't make a difference. They, you know, they can play Bergeron too, but really, Brown and Gray handle most of the carries. They're, you know, they're they're almost identical. They're about 5'11", 220, physical, bruising backs. You know, wide receivers. I think that, I think it's a requirement at Texas for a ship lead to be at wide receiver. I don't know how many more kids are left in a family, but they're going to have to have kids, 
you know, so that there could be another Shipley there. But you know, just like just like the just like his brother, just good route runner usually gets open, catches the ball, along with Harrison Johnson as the other two. You know, they had uh, a tight end, a big tight end, Swaim. You know, six four, two fifty, who's probably a very, one of the better blocking tight ends I've seen. And I've just recently, you know, read earlier today that you know Greg Daniels might be back and playing. He hasn't played yet this year coming off a scope, um, which would give him another big bruise and tight end. So I think that we can expect some physical play out of their tight end position. They have two, uh, two solid kickers. Russ, their punter, averages just under 44 yards a punt. He's also their holder as well. Um, their kicker, Rose, you know, he kicks off. He's got, uh, oh, I'd say about two out of th every three kickoffs is a touchback. Um, now he is having, there's another one that sounds familiar. Uh, he has a strong leg, but he's 50% on his field goals this year. Um, I think they'll use Shipley back there in punt returns. You know, they've, they've put Quandary Diggs back there a little bit, but, you know, I haven't seen him return one yet. And then when you go to the kickoff returns, it's Jackson. You know, obviously this is a, this is a big week for our program, 25 for, 25% of our kids are from the state of Texas. You know, it's homecoming. You know, we, I'm sure there's nothing earth-shattering that Texas is looking at from as they sit there and study us. They're coming off a bye week, um, and we're going to have to play. We're going to have to play really, really well to have to have a chance. The last two years, I mean, you had them on the ropes here. You know, you mentioned that yesterday, and. and than last year in it right there until the third quarter driving to make it a one-score game. What's been the difference that, that you know has kept you guys from actually getting over the top and just instead of just being competitive against Texas? Well, I think that our defense believes that if a team is just going to try to line up and try to get into a slugfest, I think they're willing to play that game. Well, it starts with our defense. Mm -hmm. You know, I think offensively, you know, uh, we probably did enough two years ago, even though we didn't do a lot. We probably did enough to have it, you know, give us a chance to win. Uh, last year, you know, we just didn't do anything, you know, and really didn't help the help the defense out at all. You know, uh, we we are not gonna we are not gonna get go wild or anything like that. We're gonna figure to try to play into a slugfest and win the game in the fourth quarter. Well, I think with all these guys that have been suspended, suspended or dismissed, it's it's hurt their depth. You know, they're they're very talented, but like at the offensive line, when you take your two starting tackles and they're gone, you know, there's it's it's a big difference when 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 they're not out there. And I don't know when the suspensions are over for a couple of those guys, but I'm glad it's not this week. You know, the center who was one of their best players got injured. You know, he's gone for the year. You know, so we don't even talk about him. Espinosa, you know, he's he's gone. So you know, they're going, and then two of the receivers. You know, one is one is suspended. I'm not sure the the two fastest receivers. They're not playing. 
You know, so when you look at that, even though they got tons of talented people, when you take that many people away, now your whole depth of your whole team get, gets definitely gets affected. You've been through this, I guess, here where you, you come in and you want to set a culture. Is that difficult, though, when in the short term or in the long term you know it's the right move, but in the short term you know it maybe is going to hurt you a little bit? I think, I think it's the right move. I think that the, the difference is it's always tough to follow a legend. You know, when you go to Texas, you know, following Mac Brown, what are you doing? Going to come in and say, here's all the things Mac Brown was doing wrong? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to do that. So you know, I think that Charlie's doing it his way, and I think he feels comfortable, you know, comfortable doing it his way. And I believe that he believes that, you know, that that's the only way to get done, get it done the way he wants to get it done. You know, I was in a different situation. I came into a team that had won one game. You know, he's coming into a team that goes to Ebola, you know, wins eight every year at least. You know, so it's a little, you know, it's a little different situation. You're uh, friends with Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. And he has insight into these players. Would you feel comfortable calling him, trying to get him to give you share that insight, or his loyalties? I had a couple of humorous texts with Max this week on that subject, you know. But I think that it's important, you know. I think I just think it's important to not put, you know, not put somebody like I wouldn't make that call, you know, to put to, you know, everyone would think I should. But I, I, don't, I would not make that call. Now, I gladly would take his call, okay, but I wouldn't make that call because I think that you're putting somebody on the spot and you're asking them to do something that, you know, in an, an, an uncomfortable situation. But, you know, if he wants to call me, I'm my, my, he has my cell phone. I'll gladly take that one. Not holding your breath on. No, no. He'll, he'll call me after the game. Well, either way, he'll call me after the game. You know, he's a media guy now. You know, he gets to sit in the studio. Any update on your offensive linemen that were out last week? No, uh, I know that Damon uh, is getting, uh, has uh, doing a, some kind of a couple of tests at one o'clock today. So I don't know what that's going to be. And then Smithburg is seeing the doctor tomorrow. Um, I, we could have neither. We could have one, and we could have both. I mean, so uh, I'm not stating the obvious. I I really don't know the answers. Uh, I'm I'm really not I'm really not sure. But uh, I would I would hope to have at least one of them back, because I think that if I had one of one of them back, I would probably play them at right guard, and keep Larry at right tackle. If I had both of them back, they would both start at right guard and right tackle. These changes that are on here, uh, is that a reflection of those injuries, or is there something more here? I mean, obviously, Bragg now on the depth chart. Well, I mean, see, remember I told you last week about guys being sick? Right. Well, Joe's been one of those guys who's been sick. He hasn't practiced in a couple of weeks. Wow. You know, so, you know, so when a guy's, a guy's been sick, you have to get somebody else ready to go. Now, to be honest with you, the first center I would go to in the game was probably Brian Peters, because he also he, he plays he can play all five positions. You know he's a the jack he's the one guy we have that's the jack of all trades uh, one one guy. But you know we are getting Bragg ready to go. 
you know, ready to go because if we need to, you know, make a move or, if, you know, we get uh, somebody banged up, he's got to be ready to play. Charlie, you got well, he's going to go against a lot better defense this week than he went, uh, went against last week. So it's a different set of encyclopedias this week because last week they were, the whole game was too high. You know, with the exception of a, a handful of just sellout blitzes, everything were too high safeties. This week the whole game is one high. So it's either going to be cover one or cover three on every snap. So now it's a different, you know, you're looking at different areas of the field now than you were than you were looking at last week. For example, those bubbles that you threw last week, well, usually they have a guy up on those bubbles. So this week, the, you know, those those easy throws, you know, there won't be as many of them as, as there were last week. So, you know, I think we have a... I think we have some good answers to that, but we'll have to see how we'll see how it plays out. Quarterbacks with a good pocket presence you've seen step in every direction to avoid a rush. Uh, the guy last week when Bolton almost got him, he stepped aside. You see, uh, but it seems like Montel always steps back. Is that accurate? Do you think? Or? I think that uh, teaching pocket presence is first of all teaching pocket presence is very teachable. I mean, it's something that can be taught. Whereas there's a lot of things with a quarterback, they have to come natural. I mean, you can, you can teach them how to step up, slide backwards, slide forward, shuffle. You can actually teach that. I think that, you know, over time, I think he'll become much, he'll become much better at that. Just like when you, when you bail out, always, always going to the same side, that's another thing that just, it's a natural reaction that people have. But I think teaching how people how to move in the pocket, not from the pocket, is something that, that can be improved over time. So it's not just that the instinct of hearing footsteps? Or... Oh, no. I, that, I think what he's trying to do is let his legs take over. You know, because when you take your first step back, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the perimeter where you could make something out of the play. I don't think that the pressure really has too much to do with why you step back. I think he's trying to get to the edge. That's that's why he does that. He doesn't look very natural running the option and pitching and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll work on. We're gonna we're gonna work on that too. I mean, we ran to, we ran it twice last week. You know, ran the option twice last week, and uh, the the quarterback back relationship wasn't good on either play and. And both both plays, you know, had a chance if if everything was run the right way. So we'll be spending a little, a, a little bit more time on that. Did he do way. much of that in high school? Or almost none. No. Yeah. So it's all new. Yeah, but so there's a lot of things that are new. I mean, he's perfectly capable of doing that. Okay. He didn't start, but Darian Johnson got a lot of snaps last week. Say that one more time. I said he didn't start for Tadarian Johnson got a lot of snaps. Were you happy with what he said? Actually, Tadarian Johnson rated out one of the best of anyone on the team last week. You know, he was physical. Uh, he's he was one of the guys I called out on Sunday, and I thought I thought it was by far the best game that he's played since he's been here.
Were you satisfied with the extra practice snaps between your quarterback and your center? Well, I don't know. The lights have been on. So, I mean, they've been hanging out after practice for quite some time, and it's not just them. Because when they stand there, I make the, the coaches who are responsible for those players have to kind of stand there as well, you know, because I want to know how it turns out. So there were, let's just say there were less there were less issues than the week before, and it still wasn't perfect, but there were less issues, like the infamous you know, penalty on on ten guys, you know, you know. A first. Charlie, you told a story uh, on your show last night about Jake Lowe on one of those plays at the end of the game when he kind of peeled off a blitz. Yeah, it was the second of those two big plays. Yeah. Is he an instinctive football player? I mean, I think people think of him as kind of a hard-nosed, you know, tough kid, but is he more than just that? Well, you have to be to make that play. You know, now the first play, he's, he was just being a football player. And he had a tackle out there, you know, who he knows he can out at athlete. And he had another guy in the vicinity, so he kind of split through, torqued his body and made the play. But this one, he was blitzing, and he was coming clean. And he said, something's not right here. I mean, and he goes, so, you know, for, them to, for me to be this close, and then, you know, for me to be this close, and then they just let me go. So he just pulled off. You know, that's, you know... There's a lot of defensive linemen, as a matter of fact, that are really a pain in the butt on screens because, you know, you, you'll, you'll have everything set up, but the defensive linemen will just stop rushing. And then all of a sudden they're peeling off and making a play on the screen. And you say, you know, why is that? And that's because, you know, the phrase we always say, if you smell a rat, it's a rat. Okay, well, you know, that, that's what Jake did in that situation right there. And, I'm glad he did because there was there were two big plays in the game. Charlie, I think, I think last week you mentioned that the practices would be a little bit more physical. Did you get the results that you wanted, and, and do you keep that that plan going this week, or is it kind of a breaking point where you got to kind of pull off on that? If you're asking if we're going to pull off, not a chance. Okay, I'm a very superstitious person. I think the physical practice helped us last week, and they know that, you know, it you know, it's only got to go up from there. It's not go. It's never going backwards. You know, it's only it's only going forward. You know, you you tote that fine line. You know, when you when your roster isn't real deep, of getting some guys banged up when you do that. Now. Fortunately slash unfortunately, the guys that, you know, get listed like the linemen, I mean, they're not injured. They're sick. I mean, there's, it's, a, it, it's different. But there's, you know, I think that, you know, starting with Central Michigan, especially after the Duke game, you know, getting ready for Central Michigan, now getting ready for Texas. If we don't bang, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, then, you know, we won't be ready to play on Saturday. No, our, our starter is a starter. Their backup's a starter. I mean, that's that's a big difference. 
you know, I'm, I firmly believe we're committed to this guy, you know, from the end of spring, and he's been that way the whole time. Where other guys been the backup to a very polished player who now is no longer playing. Coach Trey Parmley makes his uh, debut on the depth chart. Is he? Trey Parmley had probably the best training camp of anyone on our team, and then he banged up an el uh, he banged up his elbow. And uh, the same scrimmage that Bourbon got his ACL, and he's been out. He's been out for these three games. To be honest with you, Trey was pressing, was playing so well. We were trying to figure out how to get him in the first three, but um, he's back and ready to go. So we'll try to get him into the mix this week. I mean, if you're talking, if 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 those freshmen are anywhere close to Trey, they're not even in the same. Breath at the, at this point. Do you do you believe when when someone takes over a new program like Texas and Charlie Strong in this situation, do you believe it's better to get them early, like like you guys are now, as opposed to playing them later down the road? Well, here's the unknown. Okay, well let's look at it objectively. They're one and two. They had a bye week last weekend. So they had, the only two games they had on tape to watch were SEMO and Duke. I'm sure that there weren't, there weren't anyone shaking and, you know, uh, there weren't any restless nights for their team when they, when, when they watched those two games. They're sitting there and saying, and this is what we're playing next? Uh, I would think that they, after watching those two games and then having a week, you know, a couple of days off or something like that, feel pretty good about you know, rolling into Lawrence for the start of their conference season. So that being said, too, you know, if all of a sudden it's, ha all of a sudden it's halftime, this game is close, you know, which, uh, which you know, I expect it's going to be, I think that whole perspective changes. Would you rather have more time to see – their film? I mean, I'm sure you watched plenty of Louisville and all that. I would have rather played them three weeks ago, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, as early as possible. But, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, you know, that's going to work one of two ways. There's, there's no in-between here. Right. Either, either there's going to be more guys go. I remember my first year at that other place I was at. I let, you know, let some people go, and one guy came in to me and said, I don't like where I am in the depth chart. I said, well, go ahead and leave. He goes, you need me. I said, I don't need you. I said, go ahead and leave. You can go anywhere you want. Go ahead. I said, you're not that good. You know, and then, of course, I'm obnoxious for saying that, you know, just by telling the kid the truth. By the way, he never played it down anywhere the rest of his career. Did he leave? Just, just, yeah, he did leave, went to another school, never played it down. What position? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there, but he never played it down. He transferred, he never played it down. Through next two years of college, never played it down. Charlie, for the year, you talked about your defense having the potential to be salty. Uh, is this kind of what you expected through three weeks? Uh, kind of well, I mean, other than the big plays in the Duke game, and then, you know, the fourth quarter in the SEMO game, I mean, there's been a lot of good defensive play, but there also has been, you know, we can't give up big plays. And then we can't, you know, we can't get into a situation like we did in the fourth quarter as SEMO and let them, you know, 
all of a sudden somebody get, get into a rally, you know. But uh, you look at last last week, you know, if you play like we did last week, it's not perfect, but you end up giving ten points up for the game. I mean, if we're if we're playing the game, you know, in in that vicinity, you know, in the twenties. You know, I think that we, we'll always have a chance. I think we'll, we'll have a problem is if we get one of these games where you're playing in the 40s. You know, the 30s and 40s are a little different for us right there. And I don't think that our defense wants to, wants to see that anyway. Was that performance from your front seven, and especially D-line, <clears throat> exactly well-timed? considering what you're going to face this week. I think that the game played out, you know, I don't, I don't do the schedule, but the game played out well from that game to this game we're playing right now. I mean, because this, 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 team's, got a, this team's got a lot of good physical players. I mean, the running backs are physical uh, to, to start off with. So you've you, you got to expect them to come in and just figure they're going to pound us. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, the defense, I mean, they don't have a, weak, a glaring weakness in any position. And you might say, well, you know, BYU scored a bunch of points on them. You know, I could come back and say it was 6 nothing at halftime. You know, so, I mean, I have a lot of respect for them and a lot of concern. you do anything different for the homecoming, or does anyone on your staff do anything different regarding that as far as? Motivation, preparation, any of that stuff. Uh, we got we got some we got some players uh, players coming in that'll be on the sideline for the game. You know, um, a couple of players that buys that uh, that are coming in for games. Um, so, you know, we'll check and see how that all works out scheduling <clears throat> scheduling wise later this week. You know, um, both John. And Clint will go to that, you know, that pep rally type thing Friday night. You know, so we have the offense and the defense both represented. Figure they can take their kids, you know, and enjoy themselves. You know, uh, for that for that thing Friday night. But other than that, I think that until until the game's over, I think it's all business. You've always talked about, you know, hey. Six o'clock start, come on out. It's a great day. Come support us. This isn't obviously six o'clock, but but you've laid that out to the fans. Hey, this is, this is a good thing to do. Do you feel the same way about homecoming? It seems like these things, you know, kind of mean something to you. And yeah, it definitely means something to me. You know, I didn't go to school here, but uh, I think that that this that the football team should be definitely involved with the student body. And the student body should be definitely involved with the football team. And I think that, to be honest with you, I was pleased in the last game. You know, weather's, you know, imminent weather, you know, was supposed to be terrible. And, you know, then you have a little extra delay at halftime. <clears throat> and I thought a lot of them were still there in the second half. Now would I have, I have like 15,000 more? You betcha. Okay, I'd like to place filled every single game. I mean, let's look at it. I mean, we're two and one. Okay, it, it's not been pretty, but you're two and one. It's homecoming. Texas is rolling in the town. Saturday afternoon, it's going to be 80 degrees and sunny. Okay, and it's three o'clock. There's no excuse. 
Okay, they have plenty of time Saturday night. Okay, Saturday, you know, by by six thirty they're free. Okay, just come give us from three to six thirty. That's all. Three and a half hours. That's it. Ever any thought of those former players that are coming back talking to the team? Do you they, think have. So? they have. They have. They have. Yeah. Not on game day though, or do they? Once. Okay. Yeah. He's on one. He'll be here again this week. I'll, I might give him an opportunity to talk again, see if he can improve his record. How about, uh, do you have any update on Skyler Miles? Is he, what, what's his? He's, st he's behind those other guys. Okay. You know, Is he so healthy? Not, not fully healthy. Well, I mean, you could ask them the same question, I guess. The same, same fifty percent. Do I think that? Do I think our kicker is capable of being a much higher percentage kicker than that? I think he is. Do I? If I thought that the young guy would give us a better chance to win, I'd put him in there. Wouldn't. But based off of the evidence we have in practice, that's not the case. You know, right now we think that this guy gives us the best chance, and we're sticking with him. Thought about um, it seems like all throughout college football, teams are always kind of looking for kickers. It seems like there's maybe a 10 or 15 really elite guys, and then you get down into the, the mid range, and it seems like it's kind of hit or miss. Is that you see that? But see, when you go to all these kicking camps and the ratings of all these players, I mean, you, you know, you'll get guys that are highly rated that come in here, and then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden. You know, when there's 40, 50, 60,000 people in the stadium, it's not so easy to make those kicks anymore. You know, so I think there's only a handful of guys in the country that really pan out to be those, those front-line kickers. And I think that, you know, I think that in our case right here, I think we're kicking the guy that gives us the best chance to win. You know, he's had excuses on a couple of kicks this past week, the one he missed, he had no excuse. And he knows that. That's like, that's no big secret. Real quick, Rodriguez Coleman was a guy that had a good spring. Is he still just battling on the depth chart? He's not on it right now, is he? All right, so then don't expect to see him playing. Nigel King, uh, Nigel King is playing really good to tell you the truth. You know, you know, if we were playing four wide receivers, Nigel King would be starting. But I think that we, Nigel King gives us the best chance backing up both Tony and Justin. He gives us the best chance to win. He's been about what you thought he was, hasn't he, King? He's a, he's a tough guy now. You know, he's a lot like McKay. Probably, you know, a little bit more athletic than Justin. You know, but uh, you know, a lot, a lot like Justin. You know, Justin's just going so hard. You know, every single week and just gotten better. You know, er every day where it's tough to justify. You know, just taking him off the field. And last week, you know, paid dividends for him and for us.